Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. The green light's on and we're set for a start. Another big podcast here on the Premier Racing Podcast. Massive show. We're going to have a look at the Meadows. Greyhound Racing there tomorrow night. Uh, Run of the week last week who I was pretty keen on to win and and got the job done and I think might be a potential superstar over the staying trip moving forward. And We're going to catch up with Jess Hopkins, not just because of the Premier Racing. She's got Boombox Hammer going around um, at the Meadows tomorrow, but she's also got a greyhound in her kennel by the name of Panama Canal, who was the third fastest greyhound of all time over the 300 metres at Hillsville a couple of weeks ago. And the uh, the wraps are very, very big on him. And she lets us know who her fastest greyhound she has in the kennel. And, and you might be surprised, it may not be Panama Canal. So tune into that. We learn a lot more taking a, a semi-deep dive with a young gun trainer, Jess Hopkins. But before we get to that, let's have a look at last Saturday night's racing and the run of the week. And it was Kalinda Patty. Run of the week. Set to go. Ready, racing. Handsome Rider jumped pretty smartly near the inside there with Hilltop Jack. Hilltop Jack went through to lead from Handsome Rhino. They were followed by Kalinda Patty, who's third. Next to the outside, then Quincy Bale, followed by Aratusa Bale, and then Paint Pella. And Aston Sunset going to the back now. And it's Hilltop Jack, the leader, led by four lengths now to Handsome Rhino. Back on the inside, then came Kalinda Patty. A gap in the race end to Quincy Bale, followed further back here by Aratusa Bale, Paint Pella, and back at the tail, Aston Sunset. Off the back, though, Hilltop Jack, three lengths in front. Kalinda Patty starting to reel in the Leader now goes to the outside. Kalinda Patty dashed up, takes lead, and Kalinda Patty beat Hilltop Jack and third handsome rider behind them. Then came Quincy. Massive performance and elite run from Kalinda Patty, and she's been a bit unlucky in the last few weeks when she's gone after the leaders. She's ran into trouble, clipping their heels, turning for home, and she did the same thing again here, clipping uh, Hilltop Jack, turning, but she was able to balance up, pull to the outside. Now I clocked her run home low twelve twenties over the six hundred at the Meadows, and. Uh, she probably lost a length, a length and a quarter clipping over the heels. So it could have been a 12-10 run home. And the reason I I really push hard towards that is because I think she's going to develop into a boom stayer. Whether or not she can run 700 metres, that's still a very big question. I think the 650 is going to be right down her alley. Obviously, we've got to wait about nine months for the Sale Cup. So a lot of water to go under the bridge for, for that race. But I think that's going to suit her. But in the, the more... Closer future, I think the Cup Night staying races might be the go on. On Warnable Cup Night, for example, Ballarat Cup Night, uh, those 650, 660 metre journeys, well, I don't think there's a greyhound of the round that's going to really push her unless something like Mambo Manelli was to come across from Perth. I think she's uh, she's clearly the uh, the best 650 metre greyhound around at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see where she goes, but she was uh, more than impressive and therefore the run of the week on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast from last Saturday night. Now, let's go from last Saturday night to tomorrow night with a nice program of racing. Saturday's preview. Saturday night, racing at the Meadows, 12 events, Saturday the 19th of March, race one at 6.35, the lucky last of a dozen to go at 10.33 Eastern Standard Time. My tips now for the meeting, race one to kick it off, I'm going with number four, exalted on top for Nat Prasuto, two starts, two wins, there's no reason why it can't be three out of three. 
Race two, I'm going number one, Kalinda Lady. She's putting it all together. Last start was a strong win, and I think, if anything, she draws an easier race this week in a one-to-three win. So race two, uh, on top here, number one, Kalinda Lady. Race three, we're also going one, Lectra Rhino. His form's been a bit up and down. He was beaten a few times at Mount Gambier, which isn't normally the form line you'd want to take to the Meadows, but his last run against a, a hot field at Geelong was, was quite a good run. He was off the track throughout, and he kept grinding away, so I thought that was a, a nice performance. I think it'll be hard to beat off the red here in not an overly strong Metro race. Race three, number one. Race four, we're going with two. Shanlin Kim on top. Last couple of runs have been outstanding since resuming. Yes, she's not overly quick away, but I think the red will go out fast. If she could just lob third or fourth, uh, she's going to hit the line really hard. Race four, number two. Race five, we're going three. Kaheem Bale, he'll play for luck, but he'll be strong late. Race six, number six, Kalinda Patty. I think Hilltop Jack's a, a big chance to beat her, but I thought the five might have the speed to come across Golden Quest and, and cart Kalinda Patty into the race. If she lobs third or fourth, she'll, she'll be hitting the line with a head full of steam and right there at the business end, race six, number six. Over the page, then to race seven, going with Hudat Diva, looking to uh, to bring up a double for Lockie Scott and Emma Bowles if, if Shanlon Kim and Hudat Diva can win. But oh, I think she's a huge chance to do so. There, there might be a little bit of packing up front, a few that might be a little bit sus at the end of 700 metres, lump sum and zippy outie. And I think if there's a little bit of packing, Hudat Diva will be storming home at the end, race seven, number six. Race eight, I'm going two equaliser, made a really nice resumption last week, had no luck, hit the line like a jet. Uh, he's going to take a lot of benefit from that run and he might be back somewhere near his best with a, a big performance in the fast class event. Race nine, I'm going with two Providence Bale. Can just tag the uh, the red into the race and go nicely. Race 10, I'm going five Vader Bale. Needs to lead to win, but there just looks to be a little bit of a lack of pace in the race. So I thought she might get her own way in front. Race 10, uh, going with number five on top, Vader Bale. And then to round out the night, race 11, we're going with one, two phones. We're about to have Jess Hopkins on the uh, the podcast to chat about Boombox Hammer, and she she's probably going to give us a pretty good push because he does have a good motor. Race 11, though, I'm going one, two phones, but I am weary if the Boombox Hammer begins. He'll be right there giving uh, giving a lot of cheek. He, he'll be very hard to beat if he steps well. And race 12 will go one Luna Cruz. Hasn't raced here, but hasn't got down to a 29.5 at uh, Sandown Park, which I think would be enough to win this. So race 12, it's number one. My best bet for the night, well, it's uh, it's a tricky one. I did find it hard to uh, to find a best bet. Kalinda Patty obviously is going to need a little bit of luck. There's a few that do need a little bit of luck. So we might go early in the night. It's probably going to be short, but race two, number one, Kalinda Lady, my best bet for the night. Inside Info. Ahead of the Meadows, Greyhound Racing tomorrow night. We've got a, a very special guest on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. And before we talk about the Meadows, she's got the one of the world's fastest straight track greyhounds in her kennel. I speak of Jess Hopkins and Panama Canal. How are you, Jess? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's surprised us a little bit. He looks like a nice type, but before we get to that, we're probably lucky to have you on the podcast. I know you're a, a mad Carlton fan, and, and you've probably lost your voice with just how good they went last night. You've had a good week. Yeah, we have. Uh, it's a strange feeling winning round one or round two as a Carlton supporter, so I think it's been <laughs> 10 years. So since I was 21, we haven't won uh, in the first two rounds. So, yeah, uh, 
voice was croaky this morning, but uh, it's good enough for tonight. And what, you just smashed down some dumplings tonight and that brings you back and, and then the voice will be good from now on in? <laughs> yeah, that brings me back and all ready for uh, Golden Slipper all summer all day and into the Meadows tomorrow night. It's a, it's a huge day for you, isn't it, tomorrow? Obviously, Boombox Hammer will touch on him at the Meadows, but you, you have a, a fairly decent involvement in thoroughbred racing as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I work as an assistant racing manager for Grand Syndicate. So uh, Sam Lyons, uh, I help him out, basically uh, make his job, hopefully make his job a little easier. We've got It's Me running in the last tomorrow. Uh, hopefully the track stays nice and dry for her up in Sydney. I know that's a, a rare occurrence during the autumn in Sydney, but obviously, yeah, Behemoth's our flagship horse. And look, main thing is he's okay. He hurt himself in the security, but he'll be back. I don't normally worry about thoroughbred tips on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast, but this horse tomorrow, it's me. Are we giving it a, a good push or what? Yeah, look, uh, Brett Kavanagh, the trainer, thinks she's she's right. Uh, look, she's had 15 months off with tendon uh, injury off after winning the Kosciuszko. So those first couple of runs back, maybe she uh, just really needed uh, the, the match fitness, really. I guess there's nothing like racing, same mm-hmm. as with the Greyhound. So... Yeah, I think she's seven or eight dollars. Uh, definitely worth something if she can settle. She hasn't been settling since she come back. If she can settle midfield and Hugh Bowman on board, if you can uh, pull off a perler down the outside late, uh, cheer her home. There we go. Might be just like Winks with uh, Huey Bowman on board. <laughs> hey, before I before I chat greyhound racing with you, do, do you find any similar, I guess, comparisons between thoroughbred racing and, and greyhound racing? Is there anything that stands out for you as a, as a greyhound trainer when you're working in the thoroughbred industry that you go, well, this is just identical to the way we, we do it in the dogs? Yeah, I think it's more the attention to detail is, is very similar. I know uh, like the strappers are up early every morning, but you know, so much work goes into these horses and dogs off the track and you only see, you know, 30 seconds in the greyhounds or a couple of minutes in the horses. Uh, it is it's different uh, as an ownership experience. Obviously, you get tickets and you have to pay, whereas most greyhound tracks are free, uh, which is fantastic. But, yeah, in regards to the training and that kind of side, yeah, the little one percenters, and David Jolly's fantastic at picking up little one percenters in his horses. Uh, and I think that's sort of what you've got to do. You've got to... Every dog, every horse is different and train them accordingly. Mm, I guess it's very, very similar to the dogs in, in that aspect. Speaking of greyhound racing, you were pretty much born into the sport. You've been raised into greyhound racing. Can you can you tell the listeners where it all began and, and I guess the, the love that you've got for greyhound racing as well? Yeah, it began pretty much from the time I was born and that, that's no joke. Uh, I was around at Nanam Pars a lot and they uh, had the 96 greyhound of the year in Wiley Boy. You won a Top Gun uh, I think only one of two dogs to place in two top guns as well. He ran third in the first one and won the 96 one. So I blame Nan and Pa for having the racing bug. Uh, I, like anyone who's born into it knows once you get that bug, it, it's hard to get rid of. Uh, and we moved down to the Cranbourne area, Devon Meadows, when I was 11 and onto a farm. And that's sort of when I got into it a little bit more, obviously. At Nan and Pa's, I'd call in after school every day and see the dogs and annoy Pa that he hadn't cut their nails right. He used to say to Mum, can you please take her home? <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, sort of that's where my love of greyhounds. It's not so much the racing, it's, it's the animal. Um, anyone who knows what a greyhound's like, even as a pet, or they're just characters. They all have their own personality. And uh, talking of, like Panama Canal, he'll undo your shoelaces if you go out in the yard with him. He, he's really – they just – I don't know. They bring a smile to your face every morning. So they are and, beautiful animals, aren't they? Oh, 
they're fantastic. We've got two in the house, soon to be three. We just retired another one, and uh, they <laughs> they annoy Nan. Uh, my Nan's actually just come home from hospital yesterday, and as soon as she walked in the door, I had to hold them. They wanted to jump all over her, and like they kept going to her room while she was she was only gone a night. But that's what they're like. Uh, so if anyone out there doesn't have one as a pet, definitely get one. Even if you've got other dogs, uh, like most of them or ninety percent of them are good with other dogs, and will learn over time to into being a house pet pretty much. They just sleep. Yeah, they are. They are couch potatoes. There's no two ways about that. This star straight dog that you've got, we, we are going to talk about the Meadows tomorrow night and Boombox Hammer in a moment, but Bananas, as he's known at home. <laughs> talk, talk to us about Panama Canal and just how impressive he's been in, in two runs at Hillsville. I think it was the third fastest overall time that he produced at his first up run for you over the 300 metres at Hillsville. And, you know, in, in many ways, the, the world's his oyster at this point in time. How good can he be? Yeah, actually, he just uh, made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. They're talking about him. It's uh, it is exciting. Uh, uh, the owners bought him, and he was actually offered to a couple of other trainers. Uh, and whether he was quite up to their standard, and plus they didn't really have room. And Adam Halloran, actually, who owns Rick and Rick, uh, put my name up to uh, Nick Coutry, who's manager of the syndicate, and this is the first dog I've had for them. And look, he he did his Achilles, his third trial for me, so. I can't thank the owners enough for standing by me. It's not an easy call when you've never had a dog for them and they've just paid decent money for a dog. Uh, there are some rumours going around, but those uh, figures are completely <laughs> about three times more than what they actually paid. But, yeah, the I can't thank them enough. But, yeah, back to the dog. He he trialled well first up at Hillsville. Uh, I could never have expected a 16.29. It'd be silly, silly to say that. But I was actually more impressed with his run last week. Mm. Came out sideways. And from I watch, as you know, as a handler over 300 from the outside box eight, and he actually jumped probably a head in front, but going sideways, he's within a stride, he's half length behind them. And I must admit, I thought, oh no, and within a blink of an eye, he was in front. And actually, I can't wait to get him over 350. It won't be a while. Like after this, he's going around the circle, but uh, I think I'll be coming back for the cup over the 350. I wish it was in two weeks, the Hillsville Cup, to be honest. I was going to say, because, Jesse, he ran home 9.85, which is is near unheard of at Hillsville. I I can only recall a handful of dogs that that can run home that kind of section uh, over 300 metres. So that's the scary thought, just of of how strong he is at the end of 300 metres. And and obviously, the circle beckons. What is the plan? He's in the super sprint on Sunday. You'd expect he'll be be very, very hard to beat there, given he gets half a run at them. And from, from that point on, where, where does he head to next? Is he, is he a dog that you start to look at now and go, look, he's young, he's, he's inexperienced in a way, but he's probably going to be a country cup contender? Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly something I didn't think I'd be thinking of at this stage. Uh, look, the Ballarat Cup's probably coming around too quick. You'd want to be 100% against dogs like uh, Typhoon Sammy and, and Co. But the, there is an anniversary trophy, I think, grade five heat. The heats are the same night as the Ballarat Cup heats, and it's a grade five heat and final. Uh, we'll give him a test up at Ballarat there over 450. He had trod uh, on the hand flip very fast at Sandown before he did his Achilles. The week before he did his Achilles, he went very quick. So uh, I actually rang the owner after that and said, I think this might be a cheap buy. He's just run almost group times on the hand flip. He's probably two, two and a half lengths off what a group dog would run around Sandown at that stage. And, I just think maturity has helped him. So, yeah, we'll head to Ballarat after this. Look, the Warnable Cup is probably the first thing that will pop up into 
into mind. The launching pad, uh, obviously, I don't want to rush him. It's just come around too soon. Mm. Like, he's eligible, but it'd be silly to put him over 500 in uh, less than two weeks. So, yeah, we'll head to Ballarat in a couple of weeks with him. He'll have a look up there next week. Uh, I think he's been there with Ian Garland, but I'll give him another look. And, yeah, we'll head into the grade five heats of Ballarat in a couple of weeks with him. It's always exciting to have a, a dog like him in the kennel. You must be uh, you must be tickled pink. And, and, and as I said earlier, the world's his oyster really could turn into an absolute star. And we, we hope that is the case. Now, this segment, Inside Info, is all about finding out the inside word on a greyhound who's racing uh, at the Metro meetings, whether it be Sandown on a Thursday or Meadows on a Saturday, Jess. And you've got one boombox hammer. Now, he's probably the hardest greyhound to catch as a punter because his box manners... Let's face it, they're probably as good as me getting out of a box, and that's not too good. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have the term in racing, hit and miss beginners. He's miss and hit. Uh, <laughs> miss, 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 hit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Actually, someone said to me today, you know, you couldn't back him, but he'll probably come out in front tomorrow night. So it's funny, breaking in, he was a sensational beginner. Um, mm. So, yeah, just racing obviously gets to him a little bit. But look, between his third at Sandown on the 10th of Feb, we actually took him down to Peter Gavin's for some box work. And look, Peter said we didn't really have the time to get him 100%, but he thinks 70%. Uh, forgive his last run at Santa, and he was just cleaned up straight out of the boxes pretty much and then run off on the turn. So, yeah, look, as a, I know it's a, like a punting podcast and it's hard to tip him. Uh, I couldn't uh, say he's going to come out and run 5'10". Look, he's strong good at the Meadows. He has had a look there, uh, but that was before he had the box work and he missed a start. But, yeah, he's still trial good. Look. Two phones was fantastic at Sandown. Mm. Uh, what, last week it pinged the boxes, but uh, hopefully Malin Bale looks like she'll run straight from box eight. She'll come across with us if we go across. So, yeah, I don't mind the draw, to be honest. I don't usually like drawing wide around these two-turn tracks, but uh, with a big striding dog like him, I don't think it's the worst thing. So, yeah, I, I can't tell you even when I'm behind the boxes if he's going to begin. I can tell you as the lure's coming up because you can hear him rubbing his muzzle on the front of the boxes. That's all he does wrong is rub his muzzle on the front of the boxes. So he breaks breaks muzzles nearly every week in there or gets them jammed in his mouth. So, yeah, it, I mean, he was back two, two starts ago and into about $2 or two fifty, I think, and went five fifty five at Sandown. And as anyone listening to this knows, that's, that's as far as they go. Mm. Oh, honestly, and to still run third, um, look, the dog, he's actually really, really fast. Uh, I don't even his twenty nine fifty at Sandown is not as good as you can go. But yeah, to say uh, have a bet tomorrow night, I'm not sure. But look, he is, I think, about, around about eight dollars. Mm. So he he's definitely worth something on at those odds because if he gets it right, I think he'll be winning if he does get it right. But mm. Yeah, uh, no, it's a, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't know if he will. It's a good push, though, Jess, because you are right. Look, the red's going to be hard to beat two phones if if she reproduces what she did last time at Sandown, 29.40, bouncing out fast. But, look, even even if Malin Bale begins quickly, comes across you, you might just hook to the outside, get that clear air. And like you say, it's good to know that he's trialled at the Meadows. He's trialled well there, so he ticked that box because he's never raced there before. And if he does happen to get clear air, well, you know what he can do. He, what, what time do you reckon he could run if he, if he got it all right? From box seven, uh, the Meadows he would break thirty on a good yeah. track. I've got yeah, I've got no doubt about that. Like um, that's just that is getting everything right. Obviously, I, he's never going to be a five oh five dog. Uh, I said to Peter Gavin, I'm not expecting a Fernando Bale here. Would be uh, nice. So, would be nice though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean he'd be a group dog if he'd be going like that. But yeah, we're just uh, settling for hopefully a grade five at Meadows tomorrow night. But yeah, look, if he began rolled to the front, 
I think he'd be breaking 30. If, I think the track will be okay too. The weather's nice tomorrow. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, best bet in the horses tomorrow. Do you have anything for us that we can jump on, get, get a bit of a, a collect through the day and then maybe have a nice leechway play on the boombox hammer late at night? Uh, I actually can't believe the odds on Zaki in the All-Star Miles. Uh, probably the second best horse in the country behind Very Elegant. And, yeah, I think you're getting 4 or $5. Uh, Jamie Carr won't worry about a white gate. She'll roll forward. And, yeah, Zaki for me. Tell you what, Jess, you've been wonderful. You've uh, pretty much ran the show. You've, you've given me that much. Uh, I can go into semi-retirement here and hit the end of uh, end of the show. It's been good fun having a chat. Thanks for thanks for coming on. And as I said earlier, good luck with Panama Canal. He's, he's an excitement machine and, and Boombox Hammers the other. Uh, look, if he gets it all right anywhere, he's, he's going to give you some real joy. And I've got one or two quick questions I wanted to, to ask uh, just before I let you go. What what would be the key, in your opinion, to Greyhound training? What, what's the most important thing about Greyhound training? Uh, commitment and patience. Uh, those two, you've got to be committed. You can't take shortcuts. And patience, uh, sometimes the extra week matters. Uh, if they're a bit sore, just, just scratch and start again. And yeah, as Bart Cummings used to say, patience is the cheapest thing in racing and the least used. Mm. So yeah, those two for me, commitment and patience. And the, the race that you'd love to win, what would it be? Top Gun. Uh, Nan and Pa won it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a fair call. It's a good one to win. Hey, best best dog you've ever trained. Is it Panama Canal? No, Alfie Moon. Alfie, Alfie Moon, Moon, without a doubt. Well, yeah, hey, he's, I, I haven't had a chat about him yet. What's the plan with him? He looks an excitement machine as well. You've got a good little kennel put together, haven't you? Yeah, they're the only three I've got racing at the moment, actually, too. So I've got some pups coming through, but uh, and three pups coming through and three race dogs. But, look, he's going in the launching pad. He'll have the spin around Sandown tomorrow and Touchwood pulls up okay. Uh Look, he, he uh, I think he will turn out to be a sayer, but with the launching pad, with the prize money off even for consolations, I just need to draw the inside. Mm. Uh, he actually can begin. He just, I think, drawing wide for basically his whole career has really it took the confidence from him that first 10 tries. Obviously, after that, he's got no worries, but he kept getting cut off, cut off, cut off early. And I think if he draws a fence, he can even lead a 500 or even settle second. And I think we've caught him running home in about 10.35 at Sandown. Wow. So if he's anywhere near them, yeah, he's without a doubt the best dog. I know it's harsh on Panama Canal, but, yeah, Alfie Moon, I've never had a dog like him and run the times he, he can. So, yeah, a bit harsh probably on Eyecatcher as well. He was a, he was a ripping dog, but... Uh, yeah, Alfie Moon's mine for fastest dog I've had. Well, you've had some fast ones. You've got that boutique kennel, but it's it's operating beautifully, Jess. We wish you well, uh, firstly, tomorrow, and obviously moving forward with a, a nice little kennel that you've put together, and, and we wish you well, and I think a group race not too far away. Ah, fingers crossed. Thanks for having me. Well, that's Jess Hopkins, a gun young trainer, and as I said just a moment ago, only a boutique kennel, but a, a kennel full of rising stars. So she's a name we're going to have to get used to, and hopefully the way she's going, I honestly think she's going to be contending group races and having some some really serious success in the not-too-distant future. That's all we have for you on this edition of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. It's getting bigger, better, stronger, and longer. Until next time, safe travelling, folks. Happy punting. Don't forget Shepparton Cup as well tomorrow night. Uh, that's Saturday the 19th of March. There's the GRV live stream. Download Watchdog app. Keep an eye on that. It's going to be huge. Farewell. <laughs>